Hello, my name is Drew LeHue, and you're listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey, it's Alec, and I'm bringing you another episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the stories of everyday people living an everyday life in faith. Today, I have my friend, Drew LeHue. We've had an interesting history on staying connected, on being friends, but I know God has always had a part in it. He's lived a life and that's really been an example of how to be a man of God, to put it plainly. He's had some experiences with God that's each time it's moved him closer in purity and faith and being a better man. He's definitely been an example in my life and in my faith, and I'm so glad you get to hear his story. So let's hear the story of one of the nicest guys I've ever known. Okay, so we're finally here after trying to record for so long. <laughs> I have Drew LeHue. Hello, Drew. Hello. Excited hey. to be here. Thank you. See, I didn't have to ask you if you were excited. No. The, antici- the anticipation has been wearing on me. Yep. Because we have had to reschedule this about three or four times <laughs> to get Drew, because he has such an important life, as you're going to find out. He thinks very highly of himself. Do you? <laughs> of course, man. So... I just want to give a brief physical introduction to who he is, because part of this story, it's not really that important, but at the same time it is. Drew is one of the most athletic people ever for one reason. Drew, how tall are you? I am six foot eight. Six foot eight. You are the same size as LeBron James. I am. I am. He's got about 25 pounds on me, but I am the same size. And probably benches and squats so much more than you. So much more. Oh, absolutely. But... I am the same height. And the sport that you were really good at in high school was? Not basketball. Soccer. You played <laughs> soccer and you were 6'8". Not only that, what position were you? I was the goalie. But that's the best position for me. It made it easy. But you don't even, but you play indoor soccer now and you don't even play goalie anymore. It's true. That's true. It's, it's not the funnest. Sometimes it could be, it'd be super boring, but I, I did it. And it's funny because I tried out for it in high school because I didn't think I was good enough to make it on the field. I didn't like goalie, <laughs> but I knew that was the only position I could make the team on. So that's what I tried out for. Can you at least dunk a basketball? If I have an open lane, <laughs> no one guarding me, and all the room in the world. And it's not even a basketball. <laughs> and yeah, preferably not a basketball. You're such a disappointing 6'8 guy. I disappoint a lot of people. I've had people like literally this lady was just like, how tall are you? And I was like, I'm 6'8". Six, I'm six, and she was like, who do you play for? Like, didn't even ask if I play basketball. <laughs> just went straight for, like, who do you play for? And I was like, oh, I don't I don't play ball. And she was just like, what a waste. And I was just like, dang. Like, she was for real. She just walked off. And I was just like, okay, thanks. And then there was one time you got mistaken at the airport, right? Because you were 6'8"? Yes. So it wasn't necessarily mistaken, but it was in the offseason. The NBA it was over the summer. And I had Thunder gear on. And there had just been traded. I think it was after Durant left. So they had made some other trades. And this older lady comes up and she just taps me on the arm and she's like, Hey, are you one of the, the new thunder players? <laughs> and I was just like, I'm pretty sure I messed with her at first. And I was just like, yes, I am. And she lit up and I was like, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I'm really not. I just, I just look like I am. And she, she just laughed and yeah, it was, it was hilarious. That story right there shows the pure of heart of Julia Hugh that he couldn't even lie. I couldn't for, it was like half a second. I immediately was like, I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm not Steven Adams. I don't, I, have, I don't even have an accent. 
Mm. So high school, you played sports. You were pretty. Were you a pretty popular guy? Um, I mean, decently. I uh, I was pretty introverted in high school. Um, pretty low key. I just did soccer, which you know, in, in high school sports here in, in like Oklahoma, soccer is not the biggest. You know, you have like baseball and football, basketball. Those are still so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So like on the scale of like being a jock and stuff like that, you know, I wasn't necessarily the most popular, but anybody at the school knew who I was simply because you were tall. I was tall. Yeah. <laughs> if you asked him my name, they'll say, Oh yeah, I'm a tall guy. Yeah. Um, so like, were you a Christian in high school then? Um, church for me in high school was growing up. It was always like, it was just what you did. Um, soccer actually, you know, just for the busyness of it and travel, um, pretty much ended up taking place over the weekend. So I eventually just ended up not going. If anybody were to come up to me and ask me like, Hey, are you, are you a Christian? Like I'd nod my head just like most people in Oklahoma, but like I didn't go to church consistently and didn't like really know who Jesus was or anything like that. But you lived a pretty average in high school life though. You would say, yeah, I would, I would say it was, it was average. You know, I had, I had a good family, uh, nothing really, you know, stood out, played sports, you know, kept my my focus for grades was simply just to keep them up to be able to play sports. Um, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing more than that. It was pretty, pretty common, pretty average. Yeah, your testimony isn't one of those that's gonna be like I was deep in like this. Though you, yeah. you did party a little bit, right? I did. It's it's funny how like yeah, you know, my story like I didn't know Jesus or anything, but yet. It's funny, like all through high school, I just, I had a conviction. I don't know if I got it from my parents or who I got it from, but it was like, you know, you do not have sex and you do not drink. And it was, I didn't, it didn't come from a spiritual background. It was just like something about it. Like, I'm sure, I don't know if my parents ever said that, but like all through high school, like, um, that was just my mindset. Like you do not have sex and then you do Mm -hmm. not drink. Um, but I remember I eventually, uh, it was like coming up to senior year. It was the summer before senior year. And like you mentioned, popularity, obviously we were, you know, we were coming up on a huge season and like just had a lot of opportunity, you know, to go to parties and stuff like that, just being a sports guy, other sports teams. So eventually got to um, a place where during the summer, just got invited to a couple of different parties and stuff like that and started drinking. I think it started casually with a couple friends. Casually drinking? Casually drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah. I'm not, not affiliated, but <laughs> we'll dive in one day. But uh but yeah, it was it was definitely just one of those things I did because um I came to it was funny because um I I knew I found out two or three of my close friends were drinking who I thought weren't. So like once I found out they were, it was just kind of a matter of time before I eventually caved in. And what was really funny is one of my friends him and I had talks before about like, yeah, we're not going to drink, blah, blah, blah. So like, as soon as I did, he wasn't there for that. And I was just like, guys, we cannot tell him I just drank. (laughs) And they all, they all just start laughing hysterically. And I was just like, what is so funny? I was like, we, I just don't want you to tell him. And they all laughed and they were just like, he's been drinking with us for months. You didn't know it. And I was just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. And like, they even talked about, there was one time that we were all hanging out and they were, they all kept, you know, doing that, like laughing amongst each other without telling you what it is. Yeah. And they all had quick trip cups. (laughs) And I just paused and I was just like, what was in those quick trip cups? And they were just like, they were mixed drinks. And I was like, wow. I, I just, I had no idea. I was so ignorant to it. Um, Innocent Drew. Innocent Drew. But then, yeah, I drank. Um, it was uh, it was funny. I drank in uh, like five or six times. I probably got drunk. 
And then, um, you know, it wasn't until I met this girl, um, August going into senior year who I knew whenever I met her, I started hanging out with her. I knew she was a good Christian. Um, so it was pretty easy for me just to go like, okay, I just, I'm not going to drink anymore and just kind of turn it off. Thankfully, praise God. It oh, okay. was easy. Cause I know for other people, you know, you know, it wasn't something easy for them to break. Um, so that was never like a crutch for you. That was never, you're like, dang God or alcohol. It was like, or like yeah. even girls or alcohol. It was like, Oh, okay. Well, see alcohol. Exactly. It was like, I literally did it just because all the people around me were doing it. Like that was literally it. It was like, I want to hang out with them. If they're drinking, sure. I'll go ahead and do it just cause they're doing it. But it was never like, I mean, it was fun. We had a mm-hmm. blast. Like yeah. we had some awesome times, but it was like, uh, yeah. As soon as I found out, I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to do it anymore. That's cool. Do did your friends make fun of you for that? Like really dude? Oh yeah. Um, some of them made fun of me. A couple of them got like a couple of them got pretty mad. Um, later into it, they, they got pretty, because you stopped drinking with because them. I stopped drinking. Oh, they, they kind of took it as like, I think a couple of them, you know, took it as like, you know, maybe me just trying to be better than them. Um, you know, and, and they have thus since, you know, kind of talked about how they mm-hmm. were struggling with stuff. And, um, but yeah, some of them got like pretty mad and that was where, you know, it, it was really tough to see like, you know, cause I had drank four friends and then not drinking and seeing these friends be mad about it. It was a really testing time, um, through that. Yeah. But, um, thankfully that was kind of the time that I started, you know, meeting the Lord and he kind of stepped in and helped, you know, meet those needs and mend those, mend those things. So when it gets down to it, you, your journey for God started for a journey for a girl. Like, will you Dude. say that? Like, is that easy to hundred percent? I tell, <laughs> I tell people all the time that I started dating this girl a few weeks in, um, she, she realized I wasn't going to church just after a couple weeks of dating. And, um, obviously I didn't go on Sunday morning and she, she called me out on it. She was like, Hey, I just want to let you know before this goes any further, I, I don't date anybody who doesn't go to church and Dang. I have not missed a weekend since that day. And that was wow. August of 2000, August of 2010. Wow. Yeah. So it was, she, as soon as she said that, and um, I, it, it wasn't that I was against it, because I even asked her, I was like, is it cool if I go with you? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So I started going with her, and she went to Church on the Move. So Shout even, out. I go there now, so shout out Church on the Move. There we go, Church on the Move. And I mean, even even if you're a Christian or not, you got to just, you know, respect and love just the service that they have. It's just an incredible service. Like the worship, the music, it's like a rock concert. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. I remember I was blown away because I went to this really small growing up Methodist church. Okay. Really, really small. And like, that. yeah, nothing, nothing was wrong with it. It was just, my mom was actually a preschool teacher there and that's where we would go. And like, you know, if there was ever worship, it was mostly on acoustic guitars yeah. and stuff like that. Really low key. So like, it was cool. And then I get to this church and it's just like a rock concert. And I was just like, wow. And what kind of music were you into at this time? Hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> like, were, like metal and like screamo and stuff? Hardcore metal screamo <laughs> stuff. So like I see them, I see them Aww. jamming like it's a concert. And I, and like, I just, I loved it because I played drums. So to, oh, yeah. um, I forget you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. So like, I love rock music for like the fast drumming and all the drumming on it. So I hear, I go to this church and look at the drummer just like up there jamming and mm-hmm. slamming on it as opposed to sitting on a little, you know, those stool drums <laughs> tapping away like a I was bay? used to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just loved it. I was like, cool. So, um, kept going with her for months um, and, you know, just really enjoyed it. And I would say it was probably about five or six months, uh, into that, that I finally got to the point where I was just like, you know, I was just going to go. And then I was finally like, man, I just, I just want to give my life to the Lord. 
Like you um, got serious. For it you. got mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It got it got serious to the point of just like you know, I felt like this is this is the direction I want my life to go. Like, um, you know, and it's interesting. Well, uh, we're gonna keep talking, but yeah. I wouldn't call that the point that I got saved. Okay. Wow. Um, kind of interesting enough, I did like I raised my hand and like I feel like I responded and like that was when I started following the it's Lord. Significant. A bit. It was significant, okay. yeah, definitely. Like I look at it and it was definitely a turning point. But you know, as my life progressed, it wasn't like the big surrender moment. Okay. It wasn't like a big like I was on my knees. It was just like you know, he said, "Close your eyes." I put my hand up and I mumbled the prayer and mm-hmm. and you know was happy in my heart about it. Come on. <laughs> so to take kind of a detour on what's going on. For the most part, you grew up a good kid, good family. You didn't struggle with anything that was particularly like, man, this is a bad guy, somebody would say. And mm-hmm. nope. And even then, you come to Christ, it, it probably would have been like, okay, Drew Hugh, he's good. Now he's like really good now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as part of your story that I know, there were things maybe behind closed doors that you mm-hmm. were struggling with, and mm-hmm. it would be pornography, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I. Uh, it was something that, you know, just to start from the beginning, it came into my life probably when I was about 11 or 12. Okay. Same, um, honestly, same age, like for me and most of like my yeah. friends I've talked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of kids around that age are exposed. It happened to me, uh, a friend of mine during that time, there was, you know, there wasn't stuff like Spotify and Apple music. It was usually like illegally streaming. Yeah. And there was LimeWire or like FrostWire. Wait, and those you got sites it from like those that. sites? And one of my buddies <laughs> I know discovered, Hey, you can, uh, you can download videos on oh. this thing. <laughs> and he he was just like, come look at this. And he showed me and it was a pornographic movie. And I remember, you know, just like a lot of people say this too, but I remember as soon as I saw it that like, you know, cause in my mind you don't have sex. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's not right. Uh-huh. And I remember walking away and he like, he continued just to sit over there and just watch it for a while. Like we were over there hanging out. And, and this is one of your buddies, it. right? Yeah, it was a friend. Guy. Like, you know, we're 11 or 12 and I was over there hanging out for the weekend and he was just watching these videos. Um, and, you know, even though I was turned away from it, obviously a seed of it was planted in mm-hmm. a curiosity. So, you know, just shortly after that, I had the same program at home eventually turned to me, start searching stuff. Like curiosity got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The curiosity of it. And, um, you know, at that age too, that's whenever you start, you know, being attractive, more attractive to girls, yeah. you know, stuff like that, puberty that age. Um, so I, I dove in pretty hard with that and started started watching that pretty consistently. Um, you know, I would say it was, you know, just every so often, but then it eventually took over more and more. It got worse whenever I eventually got a PS3. And realized, (laughs) yeah, and realized that, oh, well, now in my room on my big TV that I play video games on, I have an internet browser. So that just took off. And then, you know, eventually getting a smartphone, all these, all these devices, I just, it just spun it out of control. Wow. And uh, I remember, I knew, like, I, you know, again, I, like, I knew you don't have sex. And I was like, I know this isn't right. Yeah. And, um, I remember I'd always think, so like I was 12 and then 13 and I think 14 is when you go to junior high. And I was just like, oh, okay, whenever I get to junior high, like I probably won't have time for this. Like I'll probably be okay then. You played the put it off game, the mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm older, when I'm more mature game. Yep. And we found, and we can all guys can say 
that does not work. No, no. Did it for years. I remember I remember thinking, once I have a car, because mm-hmm. I'll just be able to go hang out with friends, drive around, I won't have this problem. Once I graduate high school, once uh-huh. I get a girlfriend, yeah. like I would just, all these milestones, like constantly, mm-hmm. all the way up to going to a Christian university. Wow. Like all these things. And then, you know, even... I remember, like I mentioned, you know, kind of just giving my life to the Lord in high school there. Um, it was something that, you know, at the same time, I kind of I would pray about, you know, mm-hmm. and I really asked God to, you know, help take it away. Um, and, of course, you know, nobody knew about this. I was very secretive about it. Um, I'd ask God to take it away. And, you know, yeah. obviously he didn't just, you know, snap his fingers and mm-hmm. remove it from your life. And, um, you know, it was something that for me it was – it was a it was a numbing device. Even though I had you know from the outside looking in like a pretty decent life, and I did. It's nothing like mm-hmm. crazy. People had definitely worse situations, but for me, my family, um, my I had some siblings that definitely struggled with a lot of things. So there was a lot of conflict in our house. So like a lot of yelling, yeah. a lot of screaming, a lot of fighting, and anything t- anytime that would happen, it would just drive me to go. Um, up into my room, start playing video games. And then, you know, if it kept going, like I would hate it and I, you know, just feel anxious. And yeah. the only way I knew to solve that was just to watch pornography and masturbate. And I just, you know, use that as a numbing mechanism just to kind of numb out the, numb out the sounds, numb out the uh, distractions. Wow. And so, so yeah, it was kind of something that, you know, starting from 12 all the way through those years, just really had a pretty tight, tight grip. As you were getting closer to God, do you think that might have like stopped you in the beginning to get closer to God? Do you think why it took like a few months, maybe? Um, I don't know. It, it could have. Um, not really. I didn't really associate a lot of that stuff with my walk with the Lord at the beginning, you know, because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know. And two, you know, even although I say I never had sex in my mind. It was just simply the act of intercourse. I would do everything else under, you know, below. And like, because in my mind, oh, that's okay. It's not intercourse. I'm not going to get someone pregnant. (laughs) And, you know, pornography is definitely not going to get anybody pregnant. So for the longest time. (laughs) I guess you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So for the longest time, I I felt like there wouldn't be consequences. Like, if honestly, this is going to help you not have sex. Right. Yeah. 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 I'd be like, this is going to help me not have sex. And I, and honestly, when I started dating that girl who was a Christian, I, I would use it as a tool for that. I was just like, obviously she's not going to want to do anything. And like, mm-hmm. I know I can't have sex. So like we even look at getting married. So, um, yeah, pornography would be, you know, my, my mechanism for wow. quote unquote handling the stress yeah. or tension with that. And even though, and we're going to go on with how you're advancing with God, advancing your relationship. This is something that's probably, that's going to be a consistent thing throughout. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'm glad we're going to get to touch on this because mm-hmm. honestly, that's the number one thing I think guys can relate to is like most guys have struggled with pornography at some point, whether small, whether long times, mm-hmm. it's something that doesn't go away. Yeah. And that's something interesting. So six months in, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, God, it's going to get good. Let's get real. You know, even though that wasn't the big one, that's still significant. Yeah. You're still in high school at this point, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and senior so, year. So we're going to start fast-forwarding. We're going to get to college. Uh, you don't go pro as a 6'8 goalie, even though you've called yourself the best goalie whoa, whoa, whoa. in Oklahoma. No, 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 no. I have not <laughs> called myself. No. Uh, I thought you said that. You even had a nickname. Okay, so. Drew LaHue. <laughs> turned into Drew LaHuge. LaHuge. Oh. So I, I did start the All-State team my senior year. So, Casually. granted, if you want to label that as being the best in the state during the <laughs> senior year, I was I did get the the privilege of starting. Um, 
as as the starting goalie. Yeah, we had a awesome we had an awesome year that year, senior year. We had a lot of good guys on our team, good squad, and we ended up, you know, going pretty far. We won state that year and then um at that point it was funny, like I just kind of I was like, okay, well, that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wow. stopped. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Don't really want to pursue it any further. I had like, you know, minor colleges like in random cities in Oklahoma that would reach out to me. It wasn't anything, yeah. anything crazy. In Oklahoma too, like none of the big 12 like schools like OUOs, you have a men's team. Yeah. So it's not like a huge, uh, huge market for that or anything like that. Okay. So yeah, after where I just kind of was like, man, I'm good. So you decide... Well, if I'm not going to play sports, let's look at a good college. And you actually decide to go to Christian University since you're a good Christian guy now. Mm-hmm. You go to Oral Roberts. Well, so before that, um, I was actually um, graduating high school and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually went to a community college. Oh, okay. right up. Went wow. to community college for the uh, first couple of years. Um, did that just because they had it, it was free. You could go there totally free, and you could get a lot of your basics knocked out okay. um, just before like committing to a university, you know, and spending thousands, not okay. knowing what you want to do. Um, and also, too, my uh, my girlfriend at the time, she went with me as well, so it was a good opportunity for us to um, go there together and do that. At the time, we thought you were already um, thinking long term with this, then, right? Would you? Yeah, we were. We had, at this point, we were dating about a year. We wow. went through college. Or, no, we not went through college. Went through our senior <laughs> year. Um, we went to prom together, you know, whole thing, graduated together. Um, we were, I'd say, you know, at that point we were pretty committed in, in the relationship, you know, like I said, I had given my life to the Lord and I was going to church with her and her family consistently. And so, yeah, I went to TCC for a few years trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Realized that although I didn't want to play soccer, I still loved, loved sports. Yeah. I loved learning about the body. I uh, loved health exercise. And so that led me to um, looking into a degree in health and exercise science, yeah. physical therapy, which uh, while I was looking for uh, different courses to take different directions to go, I uh, saw ORU had a really good program. What's so funny is that ORU being in Tulsa just up before then was never on my radar. Oh, just never, ever considered ORU. Hmm. Yeah, it was really funny. I just it wasn't a very big school. Or, I mean, compared to like, you know, OU, OSU and never really thought about it because it was just that Christian college over there in Tulsa, you yeah. know, when I was in BA. And then um, it was like, it's, you know, following the Lord, I was getting more passionate about the God. I was like, wow, it's a cool opportunity. Christian school, health, exercise, science. Sounds like a- You're going to be super Christian school. now, right? Super Christian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to heal my pornography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're still, you know, this is like a couple years at TCC, still struggling behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Was that like getting at you? Honestly, as you got older, did you feel like getting worse or did you feel like, okay, I'm going to get better soon? Like, how are you processing that over those next few years as being a Christian struggling? Because before behind closed doors, no guy's going to be like, ah, that sucks. But like, as a, even then as a Christian, you get there and it's like, oh man, like I really shouldn't be struggling with this. How Mm -hmm. does that grow as you're trying to grow with God, but still struggling with that? How do you start, you know, thinking what, what are your thoughts on this as you go through? Um, that's good. That's good. That's a good question. Um, you know, some stuff we didn't touch on, like in in high school. If we want to go really deep, we can go really deep. Some other stuff um, in high school. Um, you know, the pornography thing. It always starts off very, very innocent. Yeah. Um, it starts off like a video a week. 
Um, you know, and it starts off just, you know, maybe one video, just one basic video, you know, maybe two and, you know, just casual sex and something like that can easily be escalated. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of, you know, the, um, I don't want to put it just in the midst of all that. And just like the, the, you know, isolating myself, the loneliness, the numbness, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, putting on a facade of being a stud athletic player and being a stud of that sport, you know, something, you know, this isn't something I talk about very often, but I'm fine sharing it and being really open with you guys. Um, I've talked about it before and it's definitely part of my testimony that I share with just certain people, but part of my pornography, um, it took, went to, took me to a very, very dark place. Wow. And in a place where it took me to viewing things outside of heterosexual wow. sex. And it took me to a place that was like just really, really dark. So it's um, not even just physical at this point. It was like something emotional. Yeah. This is, it was something emotional. Um, you know, you, you, we could sit here and get tied all day to like, you know, yeah. father wounds and different stuff mm-hmm. like that, that I was dealing with. Yeah. But it, it started spiraling to very, very dark places. Wow. And that was something that, you know, putting on the facade of an athletic stud in, in high school and being, you know, all this stuff, it took me to that place. And I was very in a very confused spot. Wow. I was in a very weird spot. Um, and so, you know, working with that, I met the Lord. And one thing that did help is whenever I did meet the Lord, you know, obviously pornography didn't get taken away, but God really did help my heart in that way, which was really steps definitely happened. Like Mm -hmm. not even just closer in your faith, but like, honestly, when people say like, God gets you from a dark place in your life, mm-hmm. dark spot. For you, it was, it was like literal, like I'm here and God's like saying, all right, reach out. And that started happening for you then. Right, right. Um, so so I reached out and um, it, it helped It helped a little bit uh, there with that. The biggest change, you know, um, to kind of, I guess, you know, um, keep the story going, we went to ORU and um, kind of with your question there. Yeah, it was it was really, really tough um, being in a Christian environment around all these Christian people doing all these things and just having this in the background after chapel, going to my room and just and looking at porn wow. and like just just feeling the shame of that and the embarrassment of that and the loneliness, man. Like you just feel you just feel so lonely that you that you just got out of a big worship center with all these people and all this stuff. Yet you just have this need to just go isolate yourself and watch a video because it's not fulfilling enough that you feel like you need something else in there. And so, um, I would do that and being in this environment, it, I I don't, I don't know if I'd say it drove it deeper, made it worse, but it, it definitely just made me like frustrated with God, just really mad. This like, you know, you hear, especially when you're at ORU and you're just like, people are like, my limb just grew out and my whatever, like all this crazy stuff. And you're just like, really God, like you just grew this dude's back straight. And like, you can't, you know, help me not watch pornography. Like it seems like that would be a much easier miracle. You started than, comparing those. I never thought I would of just, that. Oh yeah. Dude, I would compare all this and people just getting all these miracles and people like, Oh God paid for my 90,000 ORU dollar debt and all this stuff. And I was just like, Come on, Lord. I don't. I don't need much. Just I need to stop something. Honestly, yeah. yeah I don't. I'm yeah. not asking for anything. I'm yeah. asking you take something, like people say. It's good, exactly. Um, but you know, it it didn't. It came into. It took me to a place where um, it finally um, got brought to light by um, my girlfriend at the time, 
And this is where the Holy Spirit actually really became real in my life okay. when we were sitting there and she looked at me and she was just like, I feel like you're watching pornography. Y'all had never talked about it. And this is like no. two, three years, maybe this is, this is about two. Yeah. About two to two to three years. Wow. I'd never talked about it. Um, I was, you know, anybody watching porn is a pro liar, you know, a pro schemer, <laughs> anybody who's into it, they're, they're a professional. Um, so like, you know, my, and cause obviously, you know, she didn't come over. I didn't really do it on my phone. It was all on like my PS3 and stuff. So she would never see it. Yeah. Um, but she, she, as soon as she said that, I was just like, I was so blown away. I was like, how did you know? So you didn't like, even try to lie. You're like, well, here it is. It was like, I, it was like, I couldn't. I was just uh-huh. so stuck. I was like frozen. Yeah. Um, and so I had to, I had to tell her and I was just like, I was like, yeah, I have a really bad problem. Huh. I was just like, I've had a, I've had a problem for, for a really long time. Um, and it's something I struggled with and, um, what was it, what was good and bad about that was that it was the first time I had confessed my sin to anybody. Like nobody up to that point, mm. not even like a, like a guy, friend or a pastor, no one. Mm. Wow. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even comfortable enough when I was around the dudes who would like, you know, joke about watching porn and joke about that stuff. Like uh-huh. it was fine, you know, cause a ton of people think it's okay and fine. Like I, I wouldn't even admit to doing it in those situations. Yeah. I would still act like, no, I don't do that. And that's not even pride. That's like mm. shame. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was just too embarrassed and shame to, to just even want to say that. Um, so this is the first time I voiced it. Um, and it was, it was powerful in the sense where I get it. I felt so much relief, just literally like, you know, the Bible talks about the truth will set you free. Wow. I just had like a, a yeah. hint of that freedom, like a taste of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, it was amazing. The only, the only bad thing though, was that it wrecked her. Yeah. Good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah. Good news and bad news. Good news for me. I sat there and felt great. Bad news. She was sitting there on the other side, bawling and crying and felt terrible. So it was, it was a tough spot that it put me in to be in. Um, How did that, you know, the relationship go from that point? Yeah. So we, um, thankfully, thank God that, you know, she was the woman that she was. She was, she was a great godly woman and she had a, an incredible family. Um, thinking about it now, it sounds funny in the moment. I was kind of glad, but she told her parents, uh, um, at you the know, time where you're like, wait, what? At the time I was like, please, God, don't please <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Um, and that led to us sitting there having conversation at her parents' house uh, about all my issues I've and made pornography. A and mistake. <laughs> yeah, I made a Yeah. And what was bad too, you know, the other part to it, you know, just to kind of put the story in context, I told her about the pornography, but also too, I hadn't really told her of like, you know, hey, girls in high school, I did this, 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 and this with. Oh. Okay. You know, like minor sexual acts and stuff like that. I hadn't really told her. I'd been like, yeah, no, I'd have sex. Yeah. Which is the truth in my, my mind. But I'm a good guy, yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't have sex. But then, you know, obviously, you know, in her mind and stuff like that, those acts, those are, you know, sexual intimacy acts. No, it's for girls because so. that's something, you know, purity, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I've seen in life, they hold it higher than guys do and guys should. Yeah. Like, and for her, I can imagine, I've talked to some girls about this, like, it's something that's hurting her. And mm-hmm. like, and now, like, you know, we're older Christians, but like, we can understand and see now that like, this is something that you know, it's affecting their self-worth and it's not even their fault. Yeah. So, and did you have any of those thoughts at that time? Um, I mean, a, a little bit. I remember like when I told her that and, you know, um, told her like I had done these things, like I didn't think it was that bad. And like, 
she she told me like she basically said and in a sense she didn't say it, but she was kind of like saying i wasn't a virgin anymore and like i had wow. you know basically had sex and taken that because of the things i did and mm-hmm. i thought she was insane <laughs> i remember reaching was i was funny as i reached out to another girl that was close to me and it was just like just like a friend i was like hey would you consider XXX next having sex? And she was just like, absolutely. And I was like, frick. I was just like, I'm okay, not a good well, guy. yeah. I was just like, well, so shoot, there goes, there goes that. Back to parents, though. Okay, yeah. Like we're in this situation. Like we're in deep. Let's get it out here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How are y'all moving? So yeah. So we keep. Um, I confess that her her parents are just like, um, you know, they. Um, they just talked to me about it. They basically, they helped me get a mentor, which was one of the best things I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and this guy, it's not very often that I can say another man intimidates me based on his (laughs) size, but this guy was the starting center for OU's 2002 national championship team. Casually. And yeah, just (laughs) casually. Like, yeah. Um, dude was a tank, huge, (laughs) but he loved the Lord, man. He was, he was God fearing man. And, um, he took me under his wing and he walked with me. Um, and you know, I got help at, at the beginning. They had suggested I get counseling and I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, I'm not going to go see a counselor. And so I was like, but I'll talk with this guy. Um, so I talked with him and, uh, it, it, it really helped a lot. And yeah. then it got to the point where I, I mentioned it to, um, to one of my friends, um, TD and I brought it up to Tyler. Him. Yeah. He's, he's been um, on a podcast. Actually, yep. He, uh, he was, I, be, I believe he was the first person that I told about it. And it was funny. We always joke. It was at an IHOP. What? <laughs> it was at IHOP. Yeah, we always we always laugh about that because we have our had our the, big divine talks at, at IHOP. The pancake one, not not the prayer <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pancake one, <laughs> breakfast one. And I remember I was like, I was I knew I was going to tell him the whole time we were eating, and I was like shaking. And it, it wasn't until we were like leaving, getting into our cars, I was like, hey. Just need to tell you something real quick, man. <laughs> and like it's freezing cold, so I was like, "This will be really quick." But I have a big pornography problem, blah blah blah. And then I just wanted to get in my car and yeah. drive off. <laughs> but it was the first time that um, I, I saw that confessing your sins to one another, being willing to be vulnerable, opens the door for yeah. intimacy. Wow, vulnerability can lead to intimacy. And it was in that moment that you know. Um, he heard what I said, you know, he, he told me about stuff that he was walking through, which, you know, I'm sure he mentioned stuff on the podcast as well, but he did. look at yeah. this, it's a look crossover episode. Yep. And, uh, he, he, uh, really helped me, um, just have, he helped me. He was the, he was the person I could go to, to share these things, um, and to talk to you about and relate about, you know, cause he mm-hmm. was walking through something similar so we could really relate to each other. And, and it opened the door for that further conversation. And it was the first time that, I really felt healing take place. And I always reference the verse in James that, you know, says confess your sins to one another, pray for one another and you will be healed. I really believe in, in whenever it comes to pornography in these things that, you know, we can pray to God all day long and he will give you forgiveness, but real healing takes place when you're able to confess your sins to one another. It just takes that simple confessing, confessing of your sins to really, really start walking a path of, a path of healing. So we started working on the relationship. Um, she, she thankfully stuck around um, with me. We started working on the relationship. We were still going to ORU and stuff like that. Um, I was getting better. I was for the first time in my life. It felt like it wasn't hanging over my head. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in my life, it's funny that after I told her, 
um, that weekend. I had a soccer game. I felt like I was floating on a cloud because so much <laughs> weight fell off my chest and was just off me. I was just like, like literally tangibly, I just felt lighter in my spirit and physically. It was just incredible to finally, you know, get those things off. Um, kept going forward um, toward the end of our junior year. It was the summer going into the senior year. Um, we talked about, you know, getting married. We're coming up to our senior year. Come on. I was doing a lot better. Thir- three, four years of dating at this point? Yeah, about four years. High school sweethearts, man. <laughs> we met, senior, you met like the senior this year of high school. We're about to get married. This is a Christian dream. Oh, yeah. But also like four years. Like that's way too long for oh, Tulsa Christian standards. Y'all oh. are, you're a miracle. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was the grace of God. So and, an engagement. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yep. The dream. The dream. So we, we started pursuing that. Um, it came, It was coming up to senior year. We got engaged in August. Asked her to marry me. Um, we had all these plans for me to go to physical therapy school. She mm-hmm. was going to nursing school um, or to be actually to be a midwife. She wanted to be a midwife. Oh, wow. And uh, which was, yeah. And so um, get engaged. Things are doing, you know, pretty good. And are you getting like, you know, we keep saying healing, but is porn like very much like smaller at this point? Yeah, I actually, I had like a, um, this, this, for that summer, I lived on ORU's campus by myself, um, on campus to take summer classes to get caught up. Oh, wow. And it was the first time that like, I was really alone and I was just in a place where like, it wasn't a constant issue. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very cool place to be in. Um, but keep the story moving forward. Come on. We get engaged in August. Um, that semester, um, one of the hardest ones, senior year, had close to 18 credits. I had to do an internship, also planning a wedding, had a lot on my plate. And just as the semester went on, you know, I was strong for a little bit, but it got to the point where the stress and the pressure and everything shoved me back to the only way I knew how to really handle it and really cope with it. Um, didn't tell her. Okay. I was in a spot where I was like, man, we're engaged. Like, like she just, she, she forgave me. We were moving forward. Um, you know, I, I can't tell her that we just did this. So I finished the semester and it gets to the end of semester and she kind of basically finds out because I decided at that point that I needed more help. So I downloaded a, uh, I downloaded internet software yeah. just to help block. And um, I, th- I don't know if I told her about it or if she like, just kind of saw me doing it. Mm-hmm. That spurred on questions, which thus me telling her, yes, I'm still I'm still struggling. Um, and actually, I, I basically relapsed really hard this semester. Wow. Had to tell her that, and she was she was just devastated. You know, in her mind, which um, you know probably wasn't healthy or either. She was she was also young, and I mean this isn't fair, but you know, she she had assumed it was gone for good. Wow. You know, she made the assumption it was gone for good. Um, I was hopeful it was gone for good. Um, but it wasn't. And so it came back that just hit her like a bus, um, wrecked her. I mean, rightly so. Um, so she didn't immediately leave me. That, that was probably in, um, December that that happened after the semester around Christmas. And finally at that point I got to a low enough spot where I realized I need, I needed to get more help. So I sought counsel and yeah. finally got, got a counselor, got somebody I could talk to about these things. Um, she came to a couple sessions and we tried to work thing on things out. I thought they were, I thought they were going pretty good. Um, but then kind of leading to the next semester, school started back up. We were talking about plans to still get married in May. 
um, briefly. And, you know, a few other things happened in there, but eventually it did come to the place where she could not, she couldn't, um, you know, she couldn't continue the relationship. So it was actually Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, 2015. 2015. That we went to we went to church that morning, and when we went outside in the church parking lot, she gave me the ring back and said that it was over. Um, and it was actually in Church on the Move's parking lot. Oh, so <laughs> I was snapped. That's right. Yeah. Some people at Church on the Move could could have seen this. Yeah, it was in the car. It was just wow. like in the car in the parking lot. Um, and um. Yeah, she came and got in my car with me because I thought we were going to go somewhere, and she and she did there. Then she went and got in her car and left. Um, and man, that was where that was where everything hit an all time low. Was right there. Um, wow. It was it was in a moment where I didn't realize how much she was a just a spiritual crutch mm-hmm. in my life. Um, I didn't realize how much that. She was holding almost, in a sense, my purity and my relationship with the Lord together. Yeah, um, she was holding our relationship together. She was, um, she was doing so much to keep those things together and to lead those things that I was failing to. That all that got swept out from underneath me, um, and I just I hit an all time low. Um, like things got worse. Things got things got worse um, just for me. But at the same time, what's crazy is that things got worse. But this is actually. This is actually the moment I would say I found the Lord. Okay, come on. This is where I, you know, man, like, I just, I felt, I I can literally, I feel like I was on the bottom and it was at the point where there's nowhere else to look but up. And I remember I was just on the, on the floor of my RU um, dorm, just bawling and just a wreck. And it was finally at the point where I really surrendered my life to the Lord. And I realized that like, you know, no matter how good I think I'm doing, no matter how smart I am, no matter yeah. how cool I am, uh, no matter how you know big of a dude I am and big of a heart that I may think I have or how nice I am, I can't, I can't do this. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus, man. I, I realized that I had tried so hard to win this girl over. You know, such a great, a great, great girl, and I, I couldn't do it. Um, I had hurt so many people on the way. And I, I really, at that point, surrendered my life to the Lord. So the first few weeks after that were very, very rough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thankfully, I see God's faithfulness to where I had an amazing, amazing roommate, one of my best friends now, um, who lived with me, who really encouraged me and helped me pick pick myself back up. Um, and it was it was there that you know I had a community around me. And it was there that I saw the fruit of yeah. ORU that other people were experiencing. <laughs> oh, so know? it's all come back. Like God's promises mm-hmm. still here. You yep. just, it, it's at this point. Exactly. Wow. It was at this point. And so I began to really, really seek God, not for somebody else. Like I would kind of, you know, for the longest time I was going to church for her, yeah. doing this for her. It came to the point where I had to find the Lord for myself. That's so awesome. I remember at ORU, they had a prayer tower and I would just, I would just go and sit in there. I would just sit in there for just hours and hours and hours just by myself. Um, you know, I I didn't know how to pray very well. I didn't really know what to say, but I just knew I needed to just, you know, I figured if God's anywhere on campus, he's in the prayer tower. So I'm going to go to the prayer tower. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, good logic. So I hung out with him there. That was um, that was super cool, uh, just experiencing his presence. And then the, the another lesson where, you know, that verse in James came to life is, you know, at that point in my in our relationship and engagement, everybody knew I was getting married. 
Yeah. Everybody had already known. Invitations weren't really sent out yet, but at the same time, it was on social media. It was it was blasted. And I've been dating for this long. Like it just went yeah. on. Like yeah, man, when are you gonna get married? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for the next two months, I had everybody on campus and everybody I was close to come up to me and ask me uh, what happened in the relationship. And it was at that point to where God, you know, I felt God put it on my heart to just go ahead and and He said, "Tell them." Like, you just need to tell them. Yeah. Tell them what happened. Don't just say it didn't work out. So it broke off, but, like, you held it for a while. No, not, okay. no, not really. No, okay. no, no. It, it broke off, but it was like people would come up. They'd just be like, uh, just be like so what happened? And okay. Yeah, yeah, they'd ask me, so, like, what happened? Why aren't you guys getting married? Stuff like oh, that. Oh, like, so, like, the underlying reason mm-hmm. hadn't come to light. Okay. Yeah, and God was, and God always told, I felt he put on my heart, like, tell them the truth. Yeah, wow. Tell, tell them what happened. And. And I was like, okay. And so, like, as so many times, I would, I'd be like, do you have a minute to sit down? And <laughs> I'd sit down with these guys. It was a lot of guys, friends on campus. Every single one of them, I'd sit there and I'd be like, yeah, I had these problems, pornography, telling the story. Wow. Nine out of 10, they all, a couple of them would start crying and wow. they would just be like, I haven't had a chance to tell anybody this, but I'm struggling with pornography. Wow. And like, it would just, in like, I, at first, I didn't even know what to do. I was just like, oh. I'm, like, not, thought, I'm not an expert on yeah, this. Yeah, I was just like, I thought I was just, and but then it, it's where the Lord taught me how to share my faith. Yeah. It's where the Lord taught me how to how to minister to guys, how to listen, how to be an ear, and showed me how, and God literally walked me through confessing my sins to another. I had to confess that sin and what I was doing close to 30 or 40 times. But like you said earlier, just confessing, you know, is when you get, it's when you get vulnerable that you really start to grow. So sitting down with all these different guys, Mm -hmm. each time, did you find yourself growing from that? Mm -hmm. Not only like I'm able to say it better, but I'm able to see, okay, this is who I am. This is what's going to help and stuff like that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. It came to, it came to a point where like, I was excited to tell people why my engagement fell through. I was like, yeah, man, let's talk about it. Let's go grab coffee. I'm not engaged and I'm struggling with porn. What's up? (laughs) Let's talk. Um, uh, but and so it it really spurred me down a path of um, kind of where I'm at with with men's ministry. Yeah, um, it really opened the door for me to be able to just connect with other guys. Um, you know, I I still to this day like I don't I don't have all the answers. Like I can I can tell you what I did, but you know, people just connect. Like the point of this podcast with your story. Yeah, you know, like I I, I don't really like to just sit down and just you know tell people a steps one through ten. I like to, you know, talk about like, hey man, this is what I've been through. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going through? Like, tell me what, tell me what you're walking through, and just, you know, talk about how the Lord can meet them in that and show them where He met me and encourage them that, hey, there is, there is hope for yeah. this. God's taken your shame and He's made it into something good. Like He said, mm-hmm. like the enemy intended this to harm you, but I've intended it for the saving of many lives. That's literally your story right now. Mm-hmm. Is that what you felt guilt in? What you felt shame? God was going to use for prospering. God was going to mm-hmm. use for growth. God was going to use for others. Yeah. That's something, you know, I think a lot of us, when we're told that, you know, God has a plan, God's going to do something, he's in this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have a hard time seeing the end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like every situation is the same, mm-hmm. but I think that's something to hold on to. It's like, man, how does God, how is God going to use this? How is he going to use me? This isn't good. This yeah. isn't godly. There's no way out of this, but yet somehow... Yeah. At the end of it all, and even then, we're still in the middle. Honestly, I don't know why I say end of it all, mm-hmm. but 
you're really making an impact for God on something that took a long time yeah. to heal. And so we get to this good place with God, would you say? Like mm-hmm. from actually confessing yeah. is when things start going back on the up for Drew LaHue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, that happened in February by, you know, approaching March, April, toward the end of um toward the end coming up to graduation in May, um, I was doing, I was doing really, really well. It was during that time period that, you know, um, my best friend Tyler at the time, um, invited me to this young adults group called 3d and, um, rip and peace 3d. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler, Um, but 3d is dead at the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. it's sadly, sadly. Um, and it's actually really dead because they just sold that building. Oh my God. So like, honestly, uh, so many, I talked to some other people. So many of us were just like, it really, really is dead. Like the, the building's <laughs> there's gone. No like, there's chance. no actual chance. No chance. So, yeah, funny, funny little sidebar there. But uh, uh, so I started going to that, and that just really changed my life too. Um, God, I remember going there to the first time, and it was actually Pastor Paul, the head pastor of Victory, speaking, um, and he actually talked about. Um, I think I don't know if he said something with his engagement happened or like something in a relationship happened where a breakup happened and it just, it just hit home. So I, um, you know, I went down to the altar and, and just wept yeah. and just wept. And funny side note, who prayed for me was Trey. Oh, our, our who co-manager works, who works a co-manager who I now work with and sit next to today. So this is pretty crazy. I, how And uh, I sit next to him too. Next to him. Yeah. If, if I didn't say it at the beginning, we work together at this time. And mm. so that's so awesome. Look at, look at God. Look at God. Still bringing things in the future. Still bringing Come on. It. Come on, man. So and so, uh, Trey prays for you. Yeah. So he prays for me. And then, um, uh, I start, I just start, you know, going there, get around more community, start getting plugged in. And it, it was just perfect, Perfect moment uh, to really get plugged in somewhere outside of Church on the Move, where kind of I had been going with her. So it was a good place. God just showed up right in time to help me get planted somewhere where I could grow in my faith on my on my own. Um, so, you know, start, you know, I guess keep going, keep moving forward. I start, you know, meeting with different guys and helping them walk through this. And at the same time, they're just, you know, it's, it's just helping me and healing me as well. And is it like your thing? Have you started a group or something? Or are people, you're like, you know, referencing, hey, you struggle with this? Talk to my friend Drew. Like, how did you get the opportunity to talk to all these guys? Yeah. So like I mentioned, it, it truly all came out of the breakup at first. You know, people just like, yeah. hey, um, you know, what, what happened with that? And then... Um, then it came to, I did an internship at that young adults group. And over that internship, it came to a point where we had to share our testimony. Yeah. And so I had to share with them how, um, how like I, you know, struggled with pornography, what had happened. Um, after that, uh, one month little internship, I did the full year internship and it was there where I got super involved in the young adult ministry. Yeah. So through that and through the pastor knowing what I had walked through, opened up just more opportunities for okay. me to be able to share, me to be able to connect um, with other guys and share my story um, and to walk alongside them to help them. So you started doing this internship and you actually moved to Victory Church mm-hmm. where Pastor Paul preaches and such. Mm-hmm. And it's actually through this internship, I normally ask at the beginning of the podcast, but I was actually saving for how, for now, this is how we become friends, Yep. actually. And I might take the reins on this because we have different opinions. Uh-huh. But we basically became friends because a girl I was interested in, and we had an odd relationship dynamic, uh-huh. was interested in you. Mm-hmm. And basically, we didn't become friends. I, I actually tolerated you, yeah. and we became 
<laughs> we became honestly i saw you as an enemy and we've talked about this I me mean, there's nothing new to drew <laughs> but i remember i didn't even like like you were so nice yeah and i would never and like i said i never would have thought there's this crazy story of this guy i honestly would look at you like that guy doesn't struggle with porn look yeah. how nice and happy he is he just <laughs> loves people and i didn't honestly want to become your friend yeah. till you came to my apartment which was basically across the street from the internship mm -hmm. and you sat down and you told me the story you just told me <laughs> yeah and then one day i had to text you and be like hey man I know we're not like super close, but like, I want to get to know you better. want to yeah. get Chipotle yeah. and you came and I hashed out, Hey man, I hate you, <laughs> but we're cool now because cool. this girl is not that relevant to us now. Right. So this is so funny, but yes. And so life gets really good. You're doing this internship. Mm -hmm. God's working on you. He's giving you an opportunity to talk to guys. You have this cool friend in Alec now. Come on. It's awesome. Yep. And where does it go from here? In fact, God's going to restore a lot of like hurt and pain in your life. And then after that, he's going to start calling you to more things like mm -hmm. mission trips and such. Mm -hmm. I guess after this internship, what starts happening in your life? Yeah. So I go through the internship um, and toward the end of the internship, I get an opportunity to go on uh, first mission trip. Um, so I sign up for it. I'm, I'm super excited, but also super anxious. Like I never left the country. I'm also insanely picky with what I eat. So I'm like <laughs> freaking out. Like I'm not going to have anything to eat there. And like, I'm so anxious about so many things. You're a chicken strip guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm the guy who, no matter what restaurant I go to get chicken strips and French fries or something every single time. I can't believe that's, that's just the, that's actually what this podcast should have been about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but God is still working on that, probably. He is. But, okay. he's, he's growing me. Um, but got mission to trip. go. Uh, got to go on a on a missions trip, and this missions trip came um, a little bit over a year um, after that breakup and toward the end of the internship. And um, on that missions trip, I actually met my current wife. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Let's go. So um, it, it was very incredible. Met her. Met her on there. Um, it was it was it was really really cool. I just I remember the first moment that I walked into the um, the meeting room where we were going to have we were meeting for the mission trip, um, and I I remember seeing her walk in. It was just immediately noticed her. She stood out, um, and I remember exactly like what she was wearing, everything about that moment. And I was just like I started wrestling with God because I was like <laughs> God, I'm here for a mission trip, like I really am, and didn't know you know what to do. So went on the mission trip. I got an cool opportunity to really connect with her the whole time i just saw what a great leader she was she yeah. went out of her way to like you know as far as even being on the bus she wrote out all these phrases in spanish and english so she could have a chance just to minister oh, wow. to people there and like i saw that and the lord just made those things stand out to me and showed me just what a great leader she was and just a great girl she was and we get back from the trip she starts going to 3d the young adults group and we just meet from there and connect from there and then obviously you know on the trip and afterward um I, it, there was going to be a point where I needed to tell her my story. Yeah. Um, and we started hanging out and, and, you know, I told her, I was like, Hey, I, I just kind of want to share with you my story a little bit and, and tell you what's going on. Are y'all just kind of um, like friends at this point? Have y'all started dating? We were, we were friends, but, okay. it, but like it was, you know, we were hanging out one-on-one -on -one and it was kind of like, you okay. know, a little bit intentional, but not official. Yeah. Um, but it was heading that way. So I wanted to tell her and, you know, I, I was nervous Easy, tiger. that, uh, yeah, I was I was nervous that she was gonna you know possibly be turned off and disgusted or you know reject me, but it was in that moment that you know once again I just I saw God's faithfulness and I saw how being vulnerable 
led, like I said earlier, led to more intimacy yeah. and it's a deeper intimacy. I told her those things. She just gave me the biggest hug and she thanked wow. her. Uh, she, th- sorry, she thanked me, you know, so much for, for being willing to tell her those things. Mm-hmm. And just in that moment, you know, we just, we just hugged and, you know, I was bawling and, uh, it was, it was just a beautiful moment and it just made me feel so loved yeah. and so accepted by her. And, um, it was amazing to see God's redemption and restoration in an area that I was so broken in, in a relationship yeah. and to see his grace lead me through a place of healing and then take me to, you know, a new place and in a new relationship, um, to be able to, you know, find love yeah. and, um, find that, that person that I want to spend my life with. Um, and so it was, it was really cool, really cool journey. And what was great too, is that not only did she accept my story at that time, I was going through a men's ministry group focused on pornography. Um, and that group, um, when I was going through it, um, it was towards the very end of it in graduation. And she came to that graduation at a church where I stood up saying I was in this group of a bunch of people addicted to pornography and sexual addiction. And I stood up and she stood right there next to me. Wow. And Mike, I get emotional That's, thinking about it, but I'm getting emotional. I know. And she, she was right there. Uh, she came right there. Next, we weren't even engaged. We were just, we were just dating and she still is willing to come and show up, um, to that with me. And that just, that just spoke volumes to my heart. Um, and that, the fact that she accepted me, she didn't see me for my past. You know, she saw me for, um, who I was and, you know, who I was wanting, striving to be. And, and so yeah. today we have what, what's her name? Carissa. Carissa LaHue. Carissa LaHue. Look That's at right. Look, look at God. Look at God. <laughs> Coming up on nine, nine months. Wow. Yeah. And at the time of us recording this, she's on a trip right now. She's on, yeah, she's on a mission trip right now. <laughs> Actually, this week, this would mark three years of like when we, me and her met. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my we gosh. met on the, on the spring break mission look trip. Look at God. Look at God, man. <laughs> so with God's story and using all this now where are you with porn is that still a struggle you would say because i i would honestly say it's never goes away for anyone truly mm-hmm. with lust but where are you in seeking purity in yeah that? No, that's a great question and absolutely like you know to start i wouldn't ever say that it's gone you know i'm not going to give anybody false hope that it's gone and taken away you know um i am coming up praise god on close to five years sobriety awesome. um for pornography which is just incredible um but there are there are things in my life, guidelines and stuff that I that I have to keep really tight on. Like you know, for instance, I don't have social media. I'm on no social media. Um, like Jesus talked about, you know, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eyes cause you to get, you know sin, cut it off. Social media was a an outlet for me wow. to fantasize, um, to do different things, to you know lead me toward pornography and stuff like that. So if I were to get it back, you know, it's kind of I always say it's like the equivalent of an alcoholic going to a bar. So stuff mm-hmm. like that, like I, I, I have accepted in my life, I will never have social media. And even then, you use that example, but and we're not here to like tell people how to live, but like mm-hmm. you don't even drink for the same reason because you mm-hmm. don't want to fall back into those habits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. I just don't want to lead to those things because I know, like you know, being real, like it would, I would be a fool if I just started getting all these things back and be, you know, was prideful. Like oh, I can handle this now. Like that's the worst thing you can ever say. Wow, is I can handle this now. So the worst thing you can ever say. Yeah. Um, 
Now I did, you know, I did have a whole bunch of blocks on my phone. Like, you know, people had hundred percent access. I couldn't do a thing. Some of that stuff is, isn't there as in place anymore, uh, because God's taken me to a place of freedom. Um, but I still have accountability and things of that nature, um, in place. Um, but you know, I was, um, I was sharing the story the other day. Um, like right now, like we just mentioned, you know, my wife is overseas. She's gone. I'm, I'm at home by myself. Um, right now, but because of men's groups I've gone into, accountability that I have, yeah. tools that I have, I'm I'm not in a spot where I'm nervous, anxious, scared that I'm going to watch pornography while she's gone. You know, and so it's it's an incredible um, to see God's faithfulness. And yeah. I didn't even know, like you know, God sees so much further than we do. His vision so much bigger than ours. Like when I was going through struggles and like you know walking through overcoming porn, sometimes it'd be like you know like. I don't know. I I wouldn't even know. I maybe have the wrong motives of like why I'm getting rid of porn, but then um, I get to times like this, and I'm just like I'm so thankful that God was so faithful to teach me how to overcome this that now I can honor my wife in wow. a time where she's gone, and like moments like that where you just you just realize God's faithfulness. Yeah. And your marriage is something that I remember when you get when you got married. That was something that spoke to me. It's like, I got to actually hear this guy's story and seen him grow in the year that you met Carissa, growing your relationship. And I think it's an awesome example. I'm so glad you were willing to share this with us. Mm-hmm. Drew, at the end of this all, when this life is over and you go to heaven, praise God, and you know we have you here and God's just talking and he says, or somebody asks, like, you know, what was your story? If we could take it down to just a phrase or a sentence or two, what was the lesson that I hope God wanted to use you for? What was the moral of the story for Drew LaHue? Um, man, that's big. <laughs> you know, um, I you know, guess the best answer that comes to my mind right now is I, I love that. I think I believe it's at the end of Philippians that the, the Apostle Paul says, he says, for I bear on my body the scars to show I belong to Christ. Wow. And for me, I believe when you're, you're willing to show your scars— like I believe Paul said that, like I'm willing to show my scars that show I belong to Christ. So I pray that the scars that I have, the hurts that I've gone through, would have been used by God to help other men That's and awesome. to heal and to heal other men. So that that would be that would be it. Well, you made that super deep, <laughs> Drew. Thank you so much for yeah, coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. sharing your story. Thank you for your faithfulness yeah. and being an example to not just me, but you know other guys that I hope listen to this. You know, this is going to relate to students. You know, I have mm-hmm. student kids under me. I have guys my age that are going to get this. Even you, maybe older people uh, can get something from this. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And normally at this point, I can always ask, so we like what you got to say. We like what you do. How can we connect with you, Drew? But you already <laughs> said you don't have social media. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I, I love connecting with people. I have a lot of, you know, relationships like you and other people. And I always tell people like, I'm fine if my number gets passed out. Somebody wants to call me, um, reach out to me. It's, you know, really just through connecting with relationships uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm available. I'd love to meet yeah. up. Um, if you're yeah. in Tulsa, you know, get in contact with me or somebody I know and see if I can get you a Drew. If not, you know, we'll figure something out if this really did impact you. But Drew, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Any, any last words? I don't think so. Praise okay. God. 
Say bye. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Right. And that's a cut. <laughs> cut. Did I? Ma- did we manage under an hour? <laughs> Dang, Drew got so real. He always talks like this, and I'm always appreciative. But I hope you got so much out of Drew's story. Really, this is something that a lot of guys struggle with and even girls if you're there. So I hope you got a lot out. And if you like this, please reach out, you know, talk to somebody. That's the lesson Drew gave. Share, confess your sins, and healing is there. This was such a great podcast, and I hope you were blessed by this. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast. If you like this episode and want to hear more, follow, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and support us by sharing on social media. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at Casually Spiritual, on Twitter at This Is The CSP, and leave us a like on Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Like the old man, he's trying to say like the buttery, flaky crust or whatever. We're pretty much it's we're wedding friends now. We run into each other at weddings all the time. Y'all are married, so it's fine. Literally hate Drew sometimes. I tell Grant that anytime he comes back from group and he says something Drew said, I was like, I hate Drew. Okay, I've never seen- <laughs> the buttery, flaky crust.